T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It is a bye week for the Atlanta Falcons. In a way, it's kind of a shame because old school Falcons fans will know you were one of those people like me who were hanging around Fulton County Stadium back in the day. Atlanta Fulton County Stadium or Atlanta Stadium or whatever you wanted to call it. Uh, and uh, you didn't get many days like this in November. You, they, they seem to be more like rainy and cold. And today's just be picture perfect for mm. an outdoor football game. But we got no football game whatsoever, even at Mercedes-Benz Stadium with the roof is open, which is you know kind of not exactly the same thing as an outdoor game. It's it's open, but not exactly the same thing. It's not. It, it's, it's not. It's, 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 it's not. It, it's just it, not. I will um, say it is a it is an amazing <laughs> spectacle, a marvel to see that stadium with the roof open. To me, there's such a big difference uh, just in kind of oh, I agree. the feeling of being inside when the roof is open. It's, somehow, it feels even more spectacular of a of a facility. Hey, real quick, there's it a story. The, uh, Bobby wait. Butler used to tell me. He uh-huh, said sure. when he got here in the early '80s, there was a game, a meaningless game around Christmas. Barry Sanders was mm-hmm. in town. It was very or so 88, 89, whenever that was. And it was so cold in Fulton County Stadium that all the fans moved because of the shadows and the time change. They all sat in one section of bleachers. There was no, you know, there, there and then during a timeout, they'd all get up and move to where the sun was to another one. It was just cold and it was it was sunny, but it was just one of those miserable outdoor days where it was just too cold to be outside. But they went to the game. They had already bought the ticket. Right. And he said every time the whistle would blow and they take a TV timeout, everyone would get up at the same time. And just They'd move a whole section over. It was hilarious. <laughs> All right, for you future talk show hosts out here, uh, this is called uh, a transition here, uh, a segue, if you prefer, uh, you know, because uh, you know, Harper mentioned miserable, so since we're on the uh, subject of miserable, let's talk about Falcons quarterbacks. Um, the um, uh, the, the uh, quarterbacking situation, uh, Joe, I, I want to make sure, again, live here on Sports Radio 90 Time, the game Wade Ford tailgate show brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer, uh, just after 11 o'clock in the morning, taking to a triple header of games on the station today, beginning at uh, 1230 when we get off to our first of the three games today. Uh, Joe, you mentioned that, uh, you know, even though I think we all know it's still yet not official, but we're just waiting for the stamp of approval that uh, Desmond Ritter will be the starting quarterback for the remainder of the year and that that will come sometime next week. Yeah, that, that's what I expect. I, I expect us to or know by about this time tomorrow, actually. Uh, they will have a media, and the team will be practicing tomorrow, uh, which they wouldn't normally do on a Monday, but since it's off a of bye, they'll be practicing tomorrow, and I would expect them to, uh, like Arthur Smith said, he doesn't want to play games. He wants the 
the quarterback who's going to be starting to get the reps. And I think it makes sense to not announce it last week just because you're on a bye week. You might as well just kind of save that news um, officially for other teams for scouting purposes and strategic purposes uh, to know next week. Now, I would be actually shocked if he hadn't already told who the quarterback is going to be um, probably a week ago um, who that who that was going to be. So, But, yeah, fully expect that to be uh, Desmond Ritter. All right. Uh, uh, Harper, let's go with, and I know that this is a, a heavy lift for some fans who are not real happy with what they have seen at quarterback uh, with this team over the last couple of years, but let's go with, hey, it would be a really good thing if suddenly Desmond Ritter blew up and proved he could be the starting quarterback for this team for a number of years and showed us that he was going to be growing into the position and growing as a player, that would be a good thing. And I think we can all acknowledge that it would be a good thing. But if it does not happen here, I I go back to something I said in the first hour. I think what we have proven, much as we like the local kid from Collins Hill uh, and, and Taylor Heineke, he's not an NFL starting quarterback for, at least not for us. And so what of the future of the Atlanta Falcons quarterbacks? Now, there's going to be a couple of different ways you can go, presuming that Desmond Ritter, if we just, just play along with us, does not grow into the role, and they're going to have to make a decision at the end of the year here. You know, do you go out and you see you know, a couple of other local guys? Let's start with and I'll get to your point here about last night and what you saw in Baton Rouge, but I want to start with the two of you about a trade here or an acquisition. Terry Fontenot likes uh, veteran free agents. And on the subject of uh, Taylor Heineke being a Collins Hill guy, we, uh, we, we saw at the Alpharetta High guy in Joshua Dobbs. Uh, we know the Harrison High School guy in Justin Fields, both of whom might be available here. Could you see the Falcons, if uh, Desmaritter uh, Harper doesn't work out, leaning into the idea of a veteran quarterback as opposed to a draft pick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think who could, who could we plug and play in here? You know, we've got the guys around here. We've got a tight end. We've got a wide receiver. We probably need another speed guy or someone that can break it open. A uh, little bit better protection on the offensive line. There's a lot of reasons, especially if there's some money at the end of the rainbow, for a free agent to come in and feel welcome here. I think that's a, a, a possibility that Terry Fontenot is probably already exploring. Yeah, I think the one thing about this, I agree that I think in theory they would be open to that, but when you look at the actual quarterbacks that are going to be available, there just aren't a lot of ones that really excite you. Um, and the one that probably did would have been Kirk Cousins uh, coming off his contract in, in Minnesota, but now he's got a torn Achilles. And is that a risk you want to take? Um, Ryan Tannehill has been one that I think a lot of Falcons fans are kind of, uh, hey, hey. yeah, exactly, kind of cringing about. Like well, them we're already Tennessee South, right? As it is, exactly. I mean, yeah, you yeah. want to bring Derrick Henry in here too, and you know some of the other <laughs> right, guys. Right. Well, let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys. What do you feel? Justin Fields is going to play today. He's back from his thumb injury. Um, you know, the Bears, if they do desire Drake May or Caleb Williams at the top of the draft. You know, if you played it out in your mind, you say, okay, well, you know, we'll solve both our problems here. What we'll do, Ryan Pace calls up his buddies in Chicago and says, okay, we'll send you Desmond Ritter and a third-round pick. That way you've got a guy that you don't, you're not forced to start. You can be a veteran backup for you, and you can go draft whatever rookie you want, and you don't have a quarterback controversy with Justin there. And for the Atlanta Falcons, you give, you know, sort of second life to Justin Fields. Is that something you would even entertain, Harper? Well, the thought is we took – heat and i'm sure you did john uh, a lot more than me on the air for people saying why didn't we draft him at the number four slot last year and my answer was why would you want to get the fourth best quarterback in that in that draft year 
with the number one pick that you have and the number four pick overall. Get the best athlete. And we had this with Mark, remember, Zeno yesterday, mm-hmm. Joe, was, or mm-hmm. last week, was saying, you know, I don't think that Kyle Pitts was you know, the best guy for the team. We could have gotten Sewell, Penny Sewell from uh, Oregon and mm-hmm. all these other guys that were available. Yeah, we could have, but the best guy on the board at that time was, was Kyle Pitts, and we took him. Yeah, I have no problem with that. We took the best guy on the board this year with Bijan. Number two player at the number eight pick, that's a value pick for me. But in terms of, you know, would Tom Brady have done well behind the Chicago Bears offensive line there? Would, would any Hall of Famer, would Fran Tarkenton <laughs> or Roger Staubach or Terry Bradshaw? No, that's the answer. So I, you go to bad teams because you're a high draft pick for a reason. You're the best player. You go to the worst team and you try to change it. That's the way the draft has been for years. Yeah, ahead, and I and throw a little bit of a cold water on on the Falcons being interested in Justin Fields. I, I very well could be wrong, but I would just think that it, it like if they liked him as a as a pro, as a player and the tools that he has, then they would have drafted him. And the fact that they didn't probably tells me that there's because he was available, right? Exactly, he was available yeah. for them to draft. So there were to me that signals that there's some reason why they felt like because if they if you feel like this guy can be your quarterback your franchise quarterback you take him in a second at when you're when you're picking four it was very controversial for them to draft Kyle Pitts at that point so to me that would signal that there there's something um in his you know physical tool set or whatever it might be that is is having this team kind of shy away from him which i know i know is under uh, frustrating especially for us around town here for a local kid and somebody who's been so prolific in his college career and we've even seen him be prolific at the NFL level in certain circumstances but i do think that um if you are looking at Desmond Ritter and pointing out you know the flaws that he has and is specifically the turnovers um is Justin Fields really the guy who's going to be the kind of antidote to that i don't know if that will be the case so i see them if it's not going to be Ritter I, I see them drafting a quarterback, frankly. I, th- I think you just kind of have to. Well, let's, let's get into that. The Wait For Tailgate Show live on Sports Radio 92 on the game on this Sunday morning just after 11 o'clock is brought to you by and sponsored by Center Park Credit Union, the official credit union of Georgia State University Athletics. Speaking of Georgia State University Athletics, uh, the Georgia State Panthers went to Baton Rouge yesterday and uh, you know played well early and then ended up getting their hat handed to them by the LSU Tigers in a 56-14 loss. But in that game, uh, one Harper LaBelle, who does Georgia State football games on the radio, was in Death Valley with a first-hand look at Jaden Daniels and Harper. We've seen the Falcons mocked because uh, the, the Falcons are sitting here. Yes, they could be alone in first place after the Saints game, and at the moment they have the number 9 pick in the NFL draft. Uh, I've seen J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, which does not excite me, uh, and, but I've seen somebody you know say Jaden Daniels as well. You got a chance to see Jaden Daniels in person. Do you view Jaden Daniels from what you've seen as a potential franchise quarterback in the NFL and a potential somebody that the Falcons could target. Well, John, I called you at 9 o'clock this morning and said, I think the Falcons can trade up and go get their next quarterback. I was so impressed with him yesterday, and it's not just watching what he did. His statistics are off the chart. Last week against Florida, he threw for over 300 yards. He ran for over 200. It's amazing. No one's ever done that before. He's got 55 touchdowns or whatever it is this year. He's just unbelievable. I'm watching not just the guy on the field. I'm watching what he does before and after plays. I'm watching him on the sideline. He's always got a ball in his hand. He's throwing. His helmet is on. He he has a coach that's around him during timeouts that pretends he's rushing and forces him to move either up or sideways in a pocket that doesn't exist. Again, he's just warming up. 
and he's throwing 20, 30 yards down the field. I saw a guy that had touch. He could throw an eight-yard pass that anybody could catch, even my grandmother. He threw a zip line that John Elway and Dan Marino would be envious of, uh, uh, 40, 50 yards down the field. I, I was just impressed. If He is the fifth or sixth best quarterback coming out of the <laughs> yeah. draft. I can't wait to see what either Williams, May, Nix, Pennick, any of these other guys that do that's better than what I saw last night. The biggest thing, though, John, that I saw when he ran, he, not only is he lightning quick, he was so evasive, and he didn't get hit, didn't want to get hit, right? He was saving his, mm-hmm. his legs for the next play. There's a certain savvy that some quarterbacks, no, I'm going to run into you, I'm going to run you over. He would avoid the contact, but yet still get 10, 15, 20 yards of carry. He, it was unbelievable what I watched yesterday. And if he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy, I don't know how good the guy needs to be to beat him out. Yeah, and if I could just uh, interject here real quick, too, and just to add on from a, from a media perspective, um, he's one of those classic players who is going to shoot up draft boards. I know that a lot of places have him right. Like I, we were just looking at PFF's big board and they've got him currently listed as the seventh quarterback right now as number 48 overall in the big board. But if you look at um, Anthony Richardson last year at Florida, it was very similar. He was kind of this kind of middle of the tier, maybe upper half uh, of, of quarterback prospects, but Obviously, with the physical tool set that he has, he just shot up draft boards. And after the combine, you see the 40 number, all that stuff just gets teams so excited. So I think that Jaden Daniels is kind of primed to be one of those quarterbacks who, if you're picking in the top five. And by the way, the other thing about this is that there are so many teams that are looking for quarterbacks right now. There's so many teams that are in a very similar situation to the Falcons with Desmond Ritter, where you look at your a quarterback that you drafted recently is not really performing up, up to the standard you thought. And a guy like Jaden Daniels is going to be so tempting for so many teams. I do think that um, he's probably going to end up being probably a top 10 pick. Yeah, I've seen a mocks with uh, seven to eight quarterbacks going in the opening round because so many Ooh. teams just uh, joke. Yeah. Points out that absolutely need quarterbacks. Will the Falcons be one? I, I know you're saying, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we'll, we have to see. We got seven more games to go. It's a seven game audition, if you will, of Desmond Ritter. Have you seen enough? Well, I, I, I guess, but maybe not. Let's. I guess I, I hope not. I hope he gets a lot better <laughs> over the next seven games. That's all I can say because the Falcons are going to have to do something. We're going to check in on the NFL today. What games are we going to be kind of paying attention to? And we'll look at the playoff picture as well as we continue on the wadeford.com tailgate show live on Sports Radio 93 on the game. Falcons get a day off. You may have a day off too. We don't. But. It's okay to get another day off. We do have a triple header of games for you today on Sports Radio 95 The Game. Little Huey Lewis in the news, uh, another day off, uh, old hit from the 1980s, um, a while ago here. Uh, with uh, Harper Lavelle, Joe Patrick, John Fricky with you on the Way for Tailgate Show. This look around the NFL brought to you by Orchard. You can sell your home and get paid twice. Learn how at Orchard. 
Cowboys.com. Again, a triple header uh, going to uh, 1230 on this show, taking our coverage of the Cowboys and the Carolina Panthers at 4 o'clock Tampa and San Francisco, and then the uh, 8 o'clock, uh, 820 kick tonight uh, in Denver, Colorado, uh, between the Minnesota Vikings and the Denver Broncos. So all three games live on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Uh, of course, one game already this week, the Ravens beating the Bengals and uh, Joe Burrow getting banged up again, and the Ravens go to 8-3 on the season with a 34-20 to win, and we'll get more into the playoff picture uh, coming up in, in just a few minutes here as we uh, break down the NFL. But just kind of look at today. The Falcons uh, today, Harper, are, have the bye week. Uh, the uh, Northern are also uh, off this week. Uh, and so we, uh, we'll focus on that. Well, you don't have to focus on Carolina. They're 1-8. and eight. Uh, and uh, but uh, as for Tampa, Tampa's four and five. So the Falcons uh, sit at four and six. Tampa at four and five, and the Swampers at five and five. Uh, Tampa's got a tall order going to San Francisco to face the uh, 49ers, and I'm not really sure what to make of the 49ers so far this season. I mean, they've been a pretty good team. Obviously, they're six and three, uh, but it's been a little Dow Jonesy for Kyle Shanahan at times. I, I'm not really sure, what, but today I guess we're all kind of rooting for Shaney to to pull out a win and knock off the Bucks. I think so. Yeah, aren't you? Yeah. I, I don't want him to. But uh, yeah, last uh, four weeks they've got uh, a two point loss at Cleveland. Uh, that I think that helped turn Cleveland season around until Deshaun goes down uh, last week. But then uh, they beat the Vikings just before we get them, and then uh, uh, the Bengals. So three losses in a row for San Francisco. That was kind of interesting for me. Everyone thought, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. Well, maybe not. I don't know. You know, maybe they had their own little issues going on. But, uh, uh, yeah, beat the Bucks today. Uh, well, 49ers, and, please. And and Vegas loves the Niners in this game, by the way. They're the second highest uh, point spread of the week. Uh, only half a point behind the Dolphins over the Raiders at a 13.5 point favorite for the 49ers today over the Bucks. You know, you were you mentioned Deshaun Watson and Joe uh, Deshaun and the Browns today host the Steelers. Both teams are six and three. A little surprising that both are six and three uh, yeah. on two fronts. Right for, for the Steelers, that they're six and three given the start that they had Ow. this year, which was just they were <laughs> horrid uh, in the first month of the year, and and suddenly they have gotten white hot. And how the Browns are six and three despite all of this uh, is really an impressive uh, figure for them. Uh, you know, the AFC North between the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens, uh, you know, I mean, if the Bengals are the worst team in the division, that AFC North probably clearly the best division in the entire NFL. Probably, probably. And that's what's so amazing is that the Steelers are somehow 6-3 and three in that division with a struggling quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Again, when we talk about this quarterback class that Desmond Ritter came from, Kenny Pickett obviously the first one taken that year, and he has not really been any better or worse, I would say, than, than Desmond Ritter um, in totality. And it's just amazing that they are 6-3 and three at this point. And, um, you know, tough one for the Browns, obviously losing Deshaun Watson. He's going to be out for the year, and, uh, you know, it just must kill them to have to, to have paid that much money gone through all of the the PR nightmare that it took to acquire a player like Deshaun Watson, bring him in, only for him to, first of all, not even having performed all that well when he's played, and now he's not even going to be there. So they're going to turn to a Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Yeah, remember he came off of that yeah, really, uh, suspension, John, and all the other stuff. Go ahead, mm -hmm. John, go. No, I was going to say to you, I mean, it really is kind of impressive. I mean, considering this, I mean, Joe, because there, there are three aspects of the, of the Deshaun thing. One is the PR nightmare that you had to go through, and probably still do. Mm -hmm. The other is the contract at $230 million, which you, you have to go through and still do. And the other is the trade itself Picks, yeah. where, yeah, you made the Houston. The Houston Texans took the, the trade and took those picks and, and have parlayed that into 11 draft picks. 
including three number ones, 2022, 2023, and then next year, 2024, and have gotten players, you know, the, like Will Anderson and John Mechie, and, and, and you know, I mean, yeah. they have it's made the Houston Texans a yeah. viable program. It's almost the Herschel Walker trade kind of, you know, mm-hmm. for those of you who remember the Herschel Walker trade, uh, what the, what the Cowboys gave up to get Herschel Walker from Minnesota, uh, you know, in terms of what it's made Harper, the Houston Texans, a viable team. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the Herschel Walker. I was going to do it. If you didn't, I go, yeah, <laughs> they basically, we're going to get rid of you, Herschel in Dallas, and we're going to win about three or four Super Bowls because <laughs> of, of, of that mm-hmm. decision to draft really good player here, really good guy here. We're going to get the quarterback of our future, the running back of our future, the wide receiver of our future, and we're going to have pieces to bring in other parts of this puzzle and, and put it together. And uh, I think Houston looked at it from that perspective. I, I just pulled the number up, John, just to, in case you didn't know. He's already off the active roster list, but his dead cap money, Deshaun Watson, is $220 million and a couple of hundred hmm. thousand change on top of that. But it, what a huge number. Um, they have $34 million in cap space, but their total cap value for this year was $217 million, <laughs> and Deshaun is $220 million if he never plays another down for him. It's a testament to that defense. Yeah, it, I mean, that, that Browns defense is one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL, led by Miles Garrett, obviously, a uh, guy who could win Defensive Player of the Year in this league. I mean, just... <laughs> It, 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 it's kind of funny how <laughs> how these things work out in the NFL. Sometimes you have the best laid plans, right? You you have a you know what you think is a very straightforward path to to get to the destination you want to get to, and turns out you might get there, but it might be in a totally different way than than how you drew it up on the chalkboard when you started making all these moves. Right, exactly, and and for the. Uh for the uh, Browns, the six and three, six and three. That's one of the key games this week. The, those two teams, uh, Pittsburgh and the Browns, are two old hated rivals. I mean, they, you want to talk about teams that hate each other? Yeah. Fan bases oh. that hate each other. Yeah, the Browns and Steelers are right there. They're top. That's a top five rivalry in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Those two fan bases that uh, just despise each other. I want to jump ahead uh, to Monday night, if for no other reason, Joe, than it is uh, at this point in the year, the regular season game of the year. Yep. Uh, between the Eagles and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl rematch, and of course the the big story and the really good news, uh, no Taylor Swift. Uh, thank God, um, she's stuck in Rio. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, Even I though you don't I want to talk about it, you're talking this. about her. I didn't know this. John's giving me. Yeah. The, I did, I didn't know about her logistical uh, hang up here. Yeah, the moment, the average guy that goes, oh, I don't care. Well, where is she? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. All right, so go ahead, John. T- tell us more about the game. Yeah, she's in she's in Brazil. She had to she had to cancel a concert because of the heat. And so she had to do a makeup night, and that makeup night is mm. t- uh, coming up on uh, I think on Sunday night or Monday night. Anyway, she can't make it back for the game. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and and what are the Chiefs uh, with her in the stadium? Right. Yeah. They're no, undefeated. we need the splits. I, uh, we need I don't the... know what is their record. <laughs> I, 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 beaten? I, I have no idea. Four yeah. I don't. Yeah. It seems like they have been undefeated I? since uh, oh, okay. since this all came up. But, uh, yeah. No. It, it should be a great game. I mean, two obviously elite quarterbacks in this league. Like you said, John, it's a Super Bowl rematch. I mean. I can't wait to watch it. It, it. There aren't many games. I mean, the it's the NFL is such a cultural force. Everybody's in it all you know all Sunday. Um, typically, it's either you're either in red zone where you're kind of watching a little bit of all these games, or you're watching your own team. This one to me feels like one of those games where you have the entire country watching, or at least the entire football watching con- portion of the country watching. Uh, there's going to be singular focus on this game that might not even involve one of their teams. Did you say that about the Thursday night game between Carolina and Chicago a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks ago? Tell me you didn't say no, that. No, no. 
not quite. Mm, it's a little not. bit different than that one. Yeah, yeah. So I would. I, I mean, would, I mean that you know, is funny though. You mentioned that because like we are so kind of like mm-hmm. we have so much oversaturation of football. It seems like a lot of these games aren't that important, but this one on Monday night seems like it will be a big one. You know, we, when we talk about the you know fans of the Atlanta Falcons, ah, arthritis. I want to get rid of Arthur Smith. Um, okay, a- and then what? And this is the same thing that's true of college football. When we see all the changes that are going on, you know, oh, fire our coach. Okay, and then and then what is why I always ask. I mean, I have a problem with you moving on from your coach, but you better have a plan because when you don't, that's when you get into real trouble here. Mm-hmm. And you start to look at the schedule today, Harper, and you see the Bears, the Bears are at the Lions. You see the Chargers at four and five at the Packers who are three and six. You see the Giants at two and eight and the Commanders at four and six. You see um you know, the uh, a lot of teams here, the Rams at three and six, there are a lot of teams out here who are saying we need a new head coach. And so uh, there's a lot of pressure here for, you know, some franchises to, to be able to make a move. But I don't know how many really great coaching. I mean, what we did hear this week that, or at least rumors were uh, on some of the blogs, that the New England Patriots are going to Harper entertain trade offers for Bill Belichick. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I'll trade you Bill Belichick and two other draft picks and some cash. But doesn't it just go to show, like when you think about all these coaches that are maybe on the hot seat now that have either, like in Bill Belichick's case, obviously had a storied career, won a bunch of Super Bowls, or you know, even a guy, let's say like Brian Dable, you know, who had a good year with the Giants last year, I think achieved more over expectations. Yeah, went to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you know, now it's like, oh well, he's let's get a new one. You know, it, it almost feels to me it's like. Is it just like arranging, you know, chairs on on the Titanic here, or like we are we just um, just going to do a big uh, head coach shuffle around the league, and then <laughs> all these fan bases will be, be satisfied because it's just somebody else than was here before? Um, yeah, I, I know you mentioned earlier, John, and when we were talking about this, guys, you know, these teams wanting the the, the brand new shiny play caller who's going to drop all the plays that score all the touchdowns for their team, but I think it it just comes down to comes down to the players. The teams with the best players tend to win these games, and the teams with the best players are the ones we want to watch. That's why we're all going to be tuned in on Monday to watch the Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts duel it out. Hey, John, real quick, how would you like to be at Texas A&M right now and have a $76 million uh, head coach problem? Well, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, one of the – you know, well-to-do boosters. You know, just kind of you know wrote a check here, but but that, that's not that's not really the issue. The issue is who are you going to get next? UCLA dodged a bullet, for example, last night when Chip Kelly went out and and waylaid USC because now the UCLA people can say, okay, we're staying with Chip Kelly. They don't necessarily have to jump into the you know the business of finding a new head coach here. Uh, for Texas A&M, it's great. You want to get a new head coach, and you're going to get a new head coach. The question is who, and if you automatically think it's going to be you know, some big name guy, that may not be the case because A, with the pressure at a place like that, who, who wants the job? I mean, it pays a lot of money. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're going to get a lot of cash to go do it, but some guys are going to go, yeah, you know what? I really don't want that pressure cooker down there because I don't know that you can, you know, that eight and four isn't a bad year down there given, you know, the, the SEC and where you're at. But I think the same is true in the NFL. And I mentioned the Bears. Where did Jim Harbaugh play? Chicago. I mentioned the Chargers. Where did Jim Harbaugh play? San Diego. And that's where I got to know mm-hmm. Jim. When Jim when Jim came into the locker room in San Diego, uh, Ryan Leaf, uh, who I've become uh, friend friendly with, uh, you know, later in life, and I did not get along. 
when he was the quarterback. I think, uh, I think he, Brian Leaf didn't get along with a lot of people, so it wasn't just you, John. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, he, he destroys the program, basically. He destroys the franchise. And poor Mike Riley is sitting there, you know, hat in hand, trying to figure this whole thing out here. And the Chargers had gone to some backup guys like Moses Moreno and Craig Wheelahan and players like that. And they needed something, and so they bring in Jim Harbaugh as a player. And Harbaugh comes in and is the quarterback of the team. Now, is he a great quarterback? No. But at that point, as I got to know Jim, you could see, oh, you go, oh this guy's going to be a great head coach because he's just got everything. To, he became the de facto coach in the locker room. Harper, I got to tell you, if there's rumors out here now that Harbaugh could be suspended for the 2024 season, I got to tell you, at the moment, as we sit here right now, I think Jim Harbaugh is back in the NFL next year. The question is, is it going to be the Bears or the Chargers? Wow. Interesting. Hey, real quick, I know we got to go to break. Tell the folks where you were when Ryan Leaf was yelling at that reporter and Junior was right. You hey, were interviewing. Oh, yeah, I haven't tell, heard this. tell them, folks. That was that was my camera. I was talking to Junior. No kidding. That's why you see Junior enter. <laughs> junior enter the picture because I'm talking to Junior, and Junior and I both look over, and Junior walks in to break it up, and I just looked and I just shook my head. Like, oh my God, this guy! What a, what a nightmare Marianne Leaf is. Part of and, history, and he's become a wonderful, a yeah, wonderful he has. man. Yep, he, he is one of the great reclamation stories. Yeah, testament to him. All right, uh, when we get back in a moment, I'm going to pick Joe and Harper's brain here live on the Wave Four Tailgate Show about the playoff picture. We mentioned the uh, Eagles and Chiefs game, but who else might want to play themselves right into a Super Bowl? Could could the Detroit Lions actually do it? That's next on the Wade Ford Tailgate Show on Sports Radio 90. Find the game. Maybe win a Super Bowl. Uh, for him to leave that on the table to go to AM, I, I don't I really don't see that happening unless the money were astronomical. And even the players in the locker room were saying, dude, you go. You go get go get that coin because I think he's just worked too too hard at what he's trying to do in Detroit. Yeah, and it is interesting, Joe, because the Lions today at home against the Bears play two home games back-to-back in the next five days because they always play the traditional Thanksgiving game, and they're playing no less than the Bears and the Packers, uh, two teams in their own division, but two teams in their own division. Uh, now, Justin Fields is slated to potentially play today, uh, but uh, two teams that they should beat, especially at home. They're sitting at 7-2, and two, and if they win these two games, and they're going to be favored to win these two games, no reason they shouldn't, suddenly we could wake up on Friday morning with a 9-2 and two yeah. Lions team that is not only you know a lock for the playoffs and a lock in the NFC North, but potentially could we actually see the Detroit Lions, who have never played in a Super Bowl, make it to a Super Bowl? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, you would certainly think that they're going to kind of they, – they've basically elevated themselves to a point where they are now kind of in that discussion of the NFC contenders. I think it's the Eagles – the Niners, and you would put the Lions. I think I think it's really those three, maybe heads and shoulders above like the next tier, which would include maybe the Cowboys, uh, maybe, and maybe that would be it for like legitimate teams that could reach the Super Bowl. And to me, it's just kind of funny to, uh, and I love it by the way, um, to see a, a a guy like Dan Campbell kind of rise to to this point because I can't remember was he um, an interim head coach or maybe he was just appointed head coach and just not a lot of people were that excited about him. You know, he was just kind of one of these you know tight ends like Harper who was uh, you know just kind of um, a I don't know if a journeyman is the right way to phrase it, but he was just, you know he just made his way and kind of ho hummed it through the NFL uh, as a player and was never really thought of as some genius mind or you know one of these Kyle Shanahan like these kinds of play callers we've been talking about but has clearly led the organization in such a positive way and I think that he has a also the, the important thing is just has a really good um, kind of bond with the GM there and they're clearly on the same wavelength and have 
really instilled an identity into that team, which I think everybody really appreciates when they watch the Lions. You know, they missed the playoffs at the, at the very last you know whisper of the second uh, of the year last year. But I'm not sure, Harper, that since the middle of last season, I'd have to go back and check that the Detroit Lions don't have the best record in the NFL. Yeah, or at least they're in that what, head they have in like that an direction. Eight-game win streak at the end of the year. Right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they. And here's the thing that worries me about them: if I'm playing them now, Falcons saw it. They can score. And they can stop you. Now, their numbers aren't top in the NFC. Like, Philadelphia scored 252 points. The highest, though, in that division, let alone in the conferences, is uh, Dallas with 269 points. San Francisco has 252. The Lions have scored 241. And that's not what I think of them as being a high-powered team, but they can move the ball offensively. And if they get a stop or two, uh, they're going to beat you. And, and uh Dan Campbell reminds me of of Bill Cower Light, if you know that look that he has on the sideline. Yeah, it's always totally. like I'm ready to like punch him. you in the nose, and uh, if you punch me, I'm going to punch you back anyways. You know, mm-hmm. just a real tough, you know, uh, gritty blue collar type type guy, and that's the type of guys that he's brought in. But he is loaded with talent there. They have so many really good picks that are playing a lot, and they're starring in the league now. And I think that with Dan Campbell, like. He also kind of has a bit of a screw loose, or he at least comes off that way as a guy who might like you know take a chunk of grass and throw it in his mouth and chew on it you know before a game something like that. But I think that like that is something that players really appreciate, and I think that Dan Campbell is kind of the epitome of I think what is a great NFL coach and just being the leader of this organization, especially with like the players, you know, the playing staff, the the, the staff that takes the field and gets the results day in, day out, or week in, week out. Um, it doesn't have, the, the head coach doesn't have to be, you know, the genius wonder boy guy, right? Like you, you just need to be the leader of an organization and get the, every, everybody, the players, the assistant, the staff, get everybody on the same page with belief. And if you do that, then you can create something like he's created in Detroit. Yeah, John, and real quick, I think he's uh, received a lot of respect from his players. Pete Carroll, you know, he's going to run up and down the sideline. He's going to cheer every time they score. He's going to chew the gum. Belichick has his way of doing things, and you just fit in with it. And, you know, he's going to ask you questions during the middle of the week. Do you know who this guy is? Tell me something about the guy that you're going against. And I think he developed his own culture, his very unique culture there in Detroit. And it's not a whole lot of rules, but we've got a couple. And if you can live by that, are you good? I'm good. Am I good? Yeah. We're all good together. And he's just turned them around. And again, they're differential. They're plus 38. They've won the last two. They're seven to two. I mean, what else could you want if you were a Detroit fan? You are, uh, you're skating right now. Life is so good. You're, you're smelling the aroma of the barbecue or the <laughs> pie that's being cooked in your neighbor's kitchen window. And you're just floating around because you're saying it's, this is the best we've had it here in Detroit in a very, very long time. You know, the greatest coaching family currently in football is the Harbaugh family. Uh, Jack, the uh, dad, was a star and longtime head college uh, coach at Western Michigan. And, of course, the two sons have become, uh, well, they met in a Super Bowl, lights out and all, between San Francisco and Baltimore. And now, of course, Jim Harbaugh trying to make a run at uh, another playoff spot as the head coach at Michigan. And we assume he'll be back for the for the playoff games, or at least for the Big Ten title game at the moment. And... Uh, you know, and then there's always the brother-in-law. Tom Crean's the brother-in-law, married to the to the uh, sister of uh, Jim and ja- uh, Jim and John. Uh, d- does uh, John Harbaugh at eight and three after the win on Thursday night? Uh, Harper, does John Harbaugh, given everything that he's accomplished in the NFL and the fact that maybe we look at the Ravens now as potentially are they co-favorites with the Chiefs? Does John Harbaugh get enough credit for being a great coach? 
Yeah, I wonder at Thanksgiving dinners when the whole family gets together, if John has to sit in the back of the corner of the room and just listen to Jim tell all these great stories, but John has just as many, but he just doesn't <laughs> right. make such a big deal <laughs> yeah, about totally. it, you know, <laughs> where, where dad has to pat Jim on the back just to shut him up, and John's in the corner going, oh, my brother, gosh, that's my brother, because he's, he, what, what a... Yeah. You know, how many different years has he said, well, I don't have as much talent as I had last year, but yet our results are just the same. Yeah. And again, Baltimore is another one of those cities. They should be, man, I'm so grateful that we've got this guy that it just keeps winning for us and puts us in, I don't know what we're going to do with this quarterback, and we sure need an edge rusher. Every team in the league has something like that. But John is quietly, in my opinion, uh, uh, taken over at the Harbaugh Thanksgiving yeah, dinner the humble, the humble overachiever, John Harbaugh. And by the way, has a tie to uh, the cradle of coaches at Miami of Ohio, which my dad has been texting me about since we've uh, <laughs> been doing this show. Uh, he loves to get that in. But yeah, it's funny how there there seems to be something about kind of the lifeblood of like football culture up there in Ohio. It seems like so many, so many of the great coaches have kind of come from that part of the world. It's kind of funny and, and yeah, makes sense that, that the Harbaugh's would have a family that has been so successful in the NFL. Yeah, do, do you think do you think we undersell John Harbaugh, uh, Joe, as as a because you yeah. know, talk, oh, oh, the great he coaches never in the NFL right. and, and he, right you you'll talk, you Shanahan's name would come up Andy Reid's name would come up. Yeah. I mean you'd have a lot of guys' names come up, uh, you know, in, in terms of the you know best coaches. I, how often does John Harbaugh's name come up? Right. And yet, can you look at Baltimore right now and see them possibly winning a second Super Bowl for him? Yeah, it's it, so they obviously took a big blow in that game. I mean, obviously, you know, there's such big injuries this year. Mark Andrews now out for the year. That's going to be huge for them because he's just such an important part of that offense. But no, but to your point, John, like yeah, he is among the best coaches in the NFL. And to what Harper was saying, he just doesn't get enough credit because he, he doesn't put himself out there. You know, he's not not making these crazy statements in the media or kind of he's not a character in the way that a lot of these football coaches tend to be and um you know he just is one of those guys who puts his nose to the grindstone and I feel like these kinds of coaches don't get enough credit for having the consistency that these teams have year in year out maybe they're not at the top of the NFL every year but they're at least kind of in the conversation in the playoff picture you know every single year and that's what you know everybody here is starving and another guy uh, John real quick uh Mike Tomlin they can't do anything, but yet they're six and three. And we yeah. talked about that yeah. game. Uh, yeah. What? Where's Mike Tomlin in terms of respect from you know some of the great coaches in the league? He's never get the, the coach of the year. He's not. He doesn't even get a vote, right? He probably, he's probably not even on the ballot. But year after year, somehow or another, he takes a Steeler team that has less talent than the year before and gets more out of them. Did you see? Uh, so did you see the, the, the? Did you see the video of Tomlin that went viral last year when he was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium? He's walking to the tunnel, and some fan is filming him. And says, mm-hmm. Yeah, good job, Mike. Oh, Mike! And he just looks up and goes, "Shut the blank up! I'm coaching." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes like, hey. <laughs> "Thank hey, you, man, fans." Man gets for results. Reading. That's all. He, he gets results. Well, yeah, I, that's I right. He's focused. Had, uh, three head coaches in the last uh, 107 years or something like that? Uh, something like that. Um, beyond Kansas City and Baltimore, 1-2 in the AFC. If you're buying stock in the 6-3 and three teams, Jacksonville is currently by tiebreaker third. Miami is currently by tiebreaker fourth here. Well, by division lead. Uh, are you buying more stock, Harper, in Jacksonville as a 6-3 and three team or in Miami as a 6-3 and three team? Uh, Miami, uh, if I were between the two of them, because I'm still waiting for Jacksonville to take off. Yeah. I think they're uh, on the runway and waiting for the engines to heat up, but uh, Miami's already proven to me. Here, here's the teams that I am buying stock in that aren't in a division lead right now. I don't know why, but the Raiders are now of my attention again. They're 2-0 and with the new coach. I think somebody in the locker room goes, hey, this is serious. 
we're making moves here, and we better play well for our jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the example of you make a coaching change when a coach has lost the locker room and th- what can happen when you get that start to get that belief back. It feels to me like that's what's happening in Oakland, and that was the per- that, that's an example of the perfect time when it becomes evident that you n- need to make that move and clearly has shown itself to be the right yeah. decision. And, and real quick, the Falcons will find this out here in a couple weeks. I'm kind of on the Jets' bandwagon a little bit. Their defense mm. is fantastic, and – Cleveland, we mentioned them a little bit earlier. They're plus 44 in their ratio. So they can score in their defense, as you mentioned, Joe. They are tough. But um, uh, my sleeper is Houston. I think if uh, Stroud and some of those guys there that nobody gave a chance at the beginning, and with all the picks that they're going to have, I'm kind of thinking the Texans might be a team to watch out for and maybe make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I I can't know what's going to happen with postseason awards, but if C.J. Stroud isn't, you know, rookie of the year. Not really sure. He's going to be in the MVP conversation, CJ Stroud, at this point. Yeah. Well, if he's not think, on the I mean, ballot, then we'll the talk. Today. We'll, we'll talk to the guy that uh, doesn't have any of the two coaches that we've talked about, Harbaugh and Tomlin, on the coach of the year. That's interesting. I'm sorry, John, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. I mean, they're playing. They're, they're playing the Cardinals today. It, look, the Texans win this game. They're six and four, and suddenly, you know, they're 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 knocking on Jacksonville's door, and that's that's a race between those two down the stretch in the AFC South. So, yeah, the Texans are. You know, they're probably, you know, I mean, they're going to be in the discussion. They win today, they're in the discussion for the wild card and the AFC South. They're oh, yeah. in the playoff discussion. Yeah. Yep. What will it take for the Falcons to be in the playoff discussion with the seven games remaining? What do they have to do in those seven games to win the NFC South? We're going to lay this out for you next here in a couple of minutes and show you the path to the Atlanta Falcons. The question is, can they actually do it? All right, we'll do that as we continue on the Wade Ford Show. It's the Wade Ford uh, tailgate show on a Sunday bye week of the Atlanta Falcons live from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92 on the game. I'm going to miss you, I can't lie. I'm going to miss you. I've got ties, and so do you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.